Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Good day and hello, Eagle Studio. Yeah, John Moore, please. That would be me. Hi, John. Yeah, it's Greg Kinn here. Hey, good to hear from you, man. Yes, and it's good to hear from you. <laughs> now, I just... I just got word that the August 24 Clearwater show has been rescheduled for November 9th. Okay. Yeah, I just wanted to let you know that before we started. Well, that's a good call. It looks like that's (laughs) rescheduled for 9th uh, 9th of November. Okay, no worries. We can uh, we can work with that. All right. Very good. Well, you know, Greg, I've been I've been doing radio for a long time, probably thirty eight years, and I have never run into you ever. I've never interviewed you, and never been to your show. So we're ready to change that. That's hard to believe. I know. Oh, that's that's incredible. <laughs> I I don't know how that worked out, but uh, I've talked to just about everybody else uh, on this planet. But uh, good to finally hear yeah. from you. So okay, you just told me the best in show tour, at least for the Ruth Eckerd Hall date, is now. Uh, November the 9th, and that will be Rick Springfield, The Fix, The Greg Kin Band, and Tommy Tuto. Now, who uh, who comes up with these tour ideas, best in show? Who came up with that? Is that a Rick Springfield thing? Actually, that was, uh, that was um, Rick Springfield's management, and they called me up and they asked me if I wanted to come along. And, you know, I used to hate going on the road because, it, you know, it was a lot of travel, right? Sure. But now that I'm old, it's kind of fun. It's like summer <laughs> camp. You know, yeah. I go, we, we go out there, we're doing some gigs. It's fun to play. I'm really looking forward to this Clearwater date, uh, which is now, by the way, November 9th. Right. But, you know, it's been a lot of fun. We've done about maybe half a dozen shows so far. Yeah, I it's see. It's been a lot of fun. Well, I tell you, um, I've been a fan of yours for a long, long time. I mean, I think probably for me... Um, Jeopardy was a song that really uh, uh, stuck with me the most. It's, it's so catchy. How did you come up with the the lyrics and the, and the hook for that one? The best songs write themselves. Right. And I know I said that before, but it's really true. I remember when we wrote that song, it was written in about 20 minutes. <laughs> really, the guy, uh, Steve Wright, my bass player at the time, came in and he had a keyboard riff and he started playing it. And right out of the clear blue, I started singing, this, you know, I Love's in Jeopardy. I don't know where it came from. It was like it was floating in the air, and I just channeled it. Yeah. And I, 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 I kind of often say that, but it really is true. The songs that you sweat over that take five or six weeks to do don't even make the album. <laughs> the stuff that you write, you know, just spontaneously is, is turns out to be the hit. So... I wish I knew what I what I had for lunch that day. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Stephen Tyler okay. has has described songwriting somewhat that way that it just comes from the gods or something and and channels through him. Yeah, yeah. And you know, the, I was twice blessed with the Jeopardy song because of Weird Al's version. Right. And you know, every time I do the the live version, I'm I'm tempted to start singing "I Lost on Jeopardy" because. <laughs> You know, it's ingrained in my brain. Sure. That, uh, I, 
I love Weird Al. He's a great guy. I usually dedicate the song to him when I do it live. And of course, it was a big uh, it was a big honor to be parodied by Weird Al because you really you haven't you haven't really arrived until Weird Al's made fun of you, right? <laughs> exactly. And it was such. I remember the day he called me out of the clear blue, and he says, I got a parody I want to do about Jeopardy. You know, they have to get your permission right. to do a parody. Yeah. And uh, I said, yeah. First of all, I was very flattered that he chose my song. Yeah. But his idea was I lost on Jeopardy, the game show. <laughs> and it was such a brilliant idea, and he sang it for me over the phone. I said, go, go do it, Weird Al. So I had a hit in the spring and then all during the summer, uh, when Jeopardy was number one, and uh, and then that drops off the charts. Next thing up, boom! Here comes Weird Al. His his album goes double platinum. <laughs> yeah, so I got lots of mailbox money, and, and you know, to this day, I still get mailbox money from Weird Al. Isn't that awesome? Well, uh, we're talking with Greg Kinn. He is coming uh, with his band, of course, to Ruth Eckert Hall, now rescheduled for November the 9th. It's the Best in Show Tour with Rick Springfield, The Fix, Tommy Two-Tone. Kind of a nice 80s flashback, don't you think? Yeah, you know, and it really is comfortable. When when a lot of the people that show up for the shows, it's like a visit from your, you know, your favorite bands, right? Right. And uh, I, I must say, there's there's not a weak link in the chain. And uh, Tommy Two-Tone, I mean, I've seen this guy every every show that we've done so far, and he's always great. <laughs> uh, uh, Rick Springfield is an amazing uh, performer. Yeah. You know, he goes out there. Chicks love this guy. Oh, yeah. And when he goes out there, you look out in the audience, there are, you know, maybe out of 5,000 people, there are six or seven men, and the rest <laughs> is women. And they just love this guy. Said he can do no wrong, and of course they all throng to the front of the stage when he plays. Right. But you know what? It's a fun show, and it harkens back to the days, John, when it was all package shows. You know, back in sure. the sixties and seventies, uh, you know, four or five bands would go out on the road together like that was standard procedure. Yeah. Uh, and it's just don't kind of coming back in style now, and uh, I'm really I'm very happy to be part of it. Because it's uh, it's easy, uh, and you know, you like I said before, it's kind of like summer camp. Yeah. Well, you you mentioned women. Uh, tell me, uh, tell us how how did your mom help you get in the music business? What's the story with that? Oh, me. My mom was uh, first of all, she was a saint. Yeah. God bless her. She's no longer with us. But my my mom, you know, what way back when I was like thirteen, I had a guitar a second-hand guitar, and I was writing songs. I think the Freewheel and Bob Dylan had just come out, and oh, yeah. it was like, you know, it was cool to be a songwriter. And I was only like 13, maybe 14. Sure, yeah. Uh, and I started, for Christmas, I got one of these reel-to-reel tape recorders, yeah. really the old ones, the really old ones. Yeah, old school, uh, I get it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was really old school. And I would cut demos in the bathroom. I go in there because the acoustics. There was a little kind of a nice little echo in there, and I would do the stuff, and I would record it on those little reel-to-reel tapes. Well, unbeknownst to me, uh, the Top Forty station where I was growing up in Baltimore, uh, it was a place. It was a place called WCAO, and they had a talent 
contest for all of Baltimore. And I had no idea my mom sent in one of my tapes. Uh-huh. I, you know, she didn't tell me about it. Or anything, and I won the contest. <laughs> and it's unbelievable. I mean, it must have been a bad year for talent. That's all I can say. <laughs> hey, but God bless your mom, right? I mean, that's the coolest thing. That she's wanting to support her son. She you believed know, in you. Yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of what moms do, you know. Yeah. That's her. I miss her a lot. But, you know, I was very lucky that, um, that, that uh, I got support. I got support. From my parents, obviously, yeah. once they did, once they did realize that was this was it, <laughs> yeah, they were very supportive. So I, I really I was blessed. Well, at what point did you decide? Oh, I got to get out of Baltimore, and I guess you went to San Francisco really with no job or anything. Yeah, yeah, I I went there with uh, with nothing. Uh, that was 1971, and uh, I remember coming out there. I was sleeping on. Uh, a couple of couches from friends of mine that yeah. had already moved out. And uh, I was playing in the street. I was, I was busking. You know what busking yeah. is? Yeah, yeah, It's when you play on the streets for spare change. And I was w- right there on Telegraph Avenue, Main Street hippiedom, right? <laughs> I'm doing that, and I'm up there busking, and I'm playing up, and I'm making like 30, 40 bucks a day, which was big money back in those days. Yeah. I could barely eke by by it. And one day a guy walks up to me. His name was Malcolm. He goes, I, you know, it's too bad you don't have a band because I got a, um, I got a nightclub down the road here, and we really need a house band. The house band was Eddie Money. Oh. And they were moving on because he had just signed with Bill Graham, and yeah. he was about to start his career. And he says, look, I need somebody by Friday night to open these shows. Oh, wow. And I, so I lied to the guy. I go, oh, hey, I got a great band, man. Don't <laughs> worry about it. So I got on the phone, and I called the only other guy that I knew was a bass player, Steve Wright. And he called around. You know, he said, oh, I think my, my brother-in-law is a pretty good drummer. Let's try him. Wow. And, you know, I, oh, I know this guy in, in high school is a pretty good bass player. Good, pretty good uh, guitar player. So I put this band together in three days. Wow! And that band together, that band stayed together for eighteen years and made eighteen albums oh. and a bunch of hits. And it's kind of a sort of a miracle, you know. Well, it's kind of like the way you were you described uh, writing the song. It just kind of came out uh, out of the heavens, I guess. Yeah, and you know, once we started playing, uh, we were the house band. And we were playing like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday every week. So I was making a few bucks, and uh, it was so much fun. Uh, and that's when I really started uh, writing rock and roll for serious. And like I said before, I learned that lesson that, you know, yeah. if you don't force it, you just let it come. Yeah, that's awesome. We're talking to Greg Kinn. He's coming with the Best in Show Tour, Rick Springfield, The Fix, Tommy Tutone, now rescheduled for November the 9th. Um, so you did radio for, what, like 16 years? Uh, what what made you yeah, stop radio? Yeah. Actually, I was doing the morning show on K-Fox Radio in San Francisco uh, for 18 years. Wow. Now, I know what, if you're on radio, you know what it's like to do the morning show. Oh, you yeah. got to get up at 4 a.m. and drive into the city. I mean, it was pretty brutal. Yeah. I did it for 18 years. Wow. The problem, I, and I loved it, I was making good money. The show was top rated. I was having a ball. Besides the getting up at four, obviously, but the rest of it was a lot of fun. 
And uh, I really got, uh, you know, very comfortable with the radio thing. Uh, but the problem was I didn't tour. Yeah, you, so, didn't, you know, right. I was always busy. I didn't, I didn't need the money, so I stayed home. And uh, all those years went by, and now I'm kind of battling to get that recognition back. You know, a lot of people hear my music and they go, "Oh, I didn't know you did that song." Oh. So you know, uh, yeah. that's kind of you know what happened was. We were just out of, uh, you know, out of the loop there for uh, 18 years. Now I'm back in the loop, and I'm winning over my, all the uh, fans again, and it's wonderful. I, I'm really having a ball. You want a new album out called Rekindled? Yeah, I was just going to mention that. A new album, yeah, new new album tour. So everything's good. Yeah, well, it's not like you you haven't kept yourself busy over the years. Besides Rockstar and your radio career, you've you've had time to write books. Yeah. Yeah, I've been uh, <laughs> pumping out books. I've uh, let's see, one, two, at least six of them right now published. Yeah, All this stuff, by the way, that we're talking about is available. It's one-stop shopping at gregkin.com. <laughs> they got all there my books go. and stuff there. But you know, it's always there uh, wherever books are sold, Amazon and all that stuff. Uh, and you know, I, it's a Beatles book. The, the, the most recent one, Rubber Soul. Okay. Uh, I had is about the Beatles. They're actual characters in the novel, and it's it's kind of fun. Okay. Well, so most of these books are themed in radio somehow. I mean, not radio. I mean, in music somehow. Rock and roll. Rock and roll. Okay. through it all. Yeah, rock and roll. The second one, the sequel to the Rubber Soul is uh, Painted Black, which is about the uh, murder of, the supposed murder of Brian Jones of the Stones. Ah, uh, okay. Well, that sounds you know, interesting. His, his, his mysterious death was steeped in weirdness, and yeah. no one knows if he was actually murdered or what happened. Well, that sounds like a good read. So it's hey, a man, it's fun. Yeah. yeah. You just, all you got to do is let your, let your imagination run wild. So they're kind of like little mysteries in the rock and roll, and you you wrap those themes together. Sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it, that's pretty much it. And uh, I, I use a lot of the actual dates and events in the Beatles and Stones' lives as touchstones. So a lot of the stuff could have happened. In fact, I got the idea for the Rubber Soul book after I spoke and I, I got a chance to interview Paul McCartney two times oh, wow. and Ringo Starr three times. And I asked them both, where did the Beatles get their music? You know, back in the early days when they were going to Hamburg and they had to play five yeah. sets a night. Right. Where'd they get the music? And they said, hey, we had friends that were merchant marines that were bringing back the 45s from America. Oh, yeah. Every, every couple of weeks, these guys would show back in Liverpool. They'd have a stack of Chuck Berry and Bo Diddley and, you know, all that stuff. And that's where the Beatles got their records because you couldn't buy them. There weren't any import shops right. or anything like that, per se. Right. So it was the only way that the Beatles could amass a, a repertoire. And, of course, they become uh, best friends with the guy, the protagonist in the book. And he winds up saving their lives in Manila <laughs> during an assassination attempt by the Marcos regime, which <laughs> oh, almost gosh. actually did happen. Almost right, right. 
Wow. That sounds really, really intricate and interesting. Well, again, Greg Ken, uh, looking forward to seeing you here at uh, Ruth Eckert Hall. That show rescheduled now for November the 9th. Rick Springfield, The Fix, Greg Ken Band, Tommy Two-Tone. It's called The Best in Show, and that's a good title because all you guys ought to be great in concert together. We're looking forward to it. Greg, thanks for your time. Hey, man. Thanks for talking to me. And uh, I guarantee anybody that shows, goes to the show is going to have a great time. It's a really good show. And go buy his books, gregkin.com. There you go. <laughs> All right. Take care. Safe travels, bud. Thank you, my friend. Bye-bye. All right. Thank you. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.